When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday Warriors episode 17, no it's 18, god damn, I have it in front of me Liam, I have it in front of me and I still said 17, it's episode 18, your favourite podcast hosted by an Irish man and an Australian man that hosts, that talks about NXT and AEW, I haven't fact checked that, if, if there's another uh, Wednesday Night Wars podcast hosted by an Irish and Australian person, we're doomed, but Liam, how are you doing? Pretty good. I like how we completely threw away any like aura of professionalism immediately. Well, yeah. Well, when I get the episode and the thing wrong, I own that, Liam. I could like it's the first thing I'm saying. I could stop and start again. It would be very easy. It's not like we're 40 minutes into a podcast and I say something stupid. It's literally the first thing out of my mouth. But I eh, will just soldier through. We'll just push on. You could have overdubbed it. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 19. <laughs> it's 18, but that's either here Damn it. <laughs> I demand that you now edit me over it going 18. I'll edit me saying 18 from the start of the podcast over you saying 19. This is going to be very confusing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 week 18 of the Wednesday Night Wars, and we are still talking about these wrestling shows. They're still going. They're still making these wrestling shows every Wednesday, Liam, which is honestly a slight surprise. I really thought we would be done by now. <laughs> you thought this was like a 10-week commitment, and now you're, you're, you're yeah. just pot-committed to NXT and AEW every week, and you have to come up with takes, and then there's like a boring match, and you're sitting there being like, I have to talk about this. I have to have an opinion about this match, in which really there's no opinion to be had about, and then it, it just rattles you, and you have to sit here and be like, well, what about that boring Jordan Devlin against Tyler Breeze match? Oh, let's come up with takes. It's not even that. It's more so... I, did, I thought I'd be done by the time I had to go back to school. <laughs> I had to work around the uni schedule. We record, you record your paradise at 11.30 at night. Yeah, <laughs> what? but it takes a full day of me watching to watch four hours of wrestling. It's three hours of wrestling. Well, actually, no, it's on fight, so it's, it's three and a half hours of wrestling, I guess. Mm, I guess. Because it's the full two hours of All Elite Wrestling and 1.30 of NXT. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's perfectly acceptable. Then why was I complaining? It's a whole thirty minutes less. <laughs> it's yeah, you can watch it on the bus. Some bus wrestling. Do you get a bus? 
I won't get a bus. I live very close to my school. But what, what excuse do you have? You just walk to the class. You can watch it in class. It's fine. I'm sure your lecture has won't have any complaints. I really hope that my Thursdays are just going to be free <laughs> for the Thursday night wars. As someone who who did teaching assistant work at third level, the the obnoxiousness with which people think they can look at their phone without you noticing is like staggering. <laughs> it's like, what in, else would you be looking at under the table? <laughs> in year 12, I played uh, Pokemon Crystal in its entirety in my math class by just putting my, my textbook up and then playing behind the textbook. Liam, what's the square root of 145? It's about three. What's what's the capital of Johto? <laughs> uh, did the Pokemon games have capital cities? I would assume it's like the last city is the capital city. See, I, I would disagree. I'd say it's the biggest city. Well, that's the most true. metropolitan, which would be... No, it's really... It's, um, it's, it's Goldenrod and Johto, I guess. Yeah, Goldenrod is what I was thinking of, yeah. And Blackthorn is very small, so I guess it's not Blackthorn City. There you go. Or perhaps, like, in the later games, in, like, Gen 5, it's those post-game areas, like, the big city and the big, like, forest. But those aren't cities. Well, the city one is. It's literally a massive city. It's, like, the most empty city in the history of Pokemon cities. Just like most capital cities. That's true. There's no character there. The capital cities aren't the characterful cities. They're the just the big corporate ones, aren't they? What's your favorite Pokemon city? What is my favorite... Pokemon City. I like Ecrateek a lot. That's a solid shout. Because it's got, it's got so much content in that one city too. Yeah, there's a lot of lore in Ecrateek. I'm going to go with... I might go... Is, this, is it a cop-out if I do the post-game of Gen 3? Like the Battle Frontier? <laughs> That's not a city, so yes. It, it is a city. It's just the... Bun- no, it's the Battle Frontier. Battle Frontier uh, isn't a city. It's basically a Battle Royale island. <laughs> It is, but it's not a city. It's, it's like a, it's basically a theme park. It's a large theme park. I'm gonna go Slateport. Solid. I do mm. like the music. Mm. It's also the first place you can do Pokemon contests. Yeah, it's a hell of a hell of a time. And you can oh yeah, there's a little beach segment, and you can get the lemonade. Yeah, that's yeah, a good time. And you got the the museum. Yeah, and you turf out Team Aqua or Team Magma. And like when you mess up doing the the Reggie stuff, you get sent through again, and you're like, "Oh damn it!" It's good fun. Uh, I suppose we should talk about these wrestling shows. I guess. Welcome to Garrett and Liam's Pokemon podcast. Yeah, this is our War Games podcast, where we just compare each gen's games. Oh, last week NXT picked up the victory, so we will kick off with NXT, which kicked off with the Broserweights coming to the ring in the Brosermobile, which. <laughs> This segment was stupid, and I loved it. <laughs> this segment made me realize what I don't like about NXT. It just that it achieves nothing. But like, there's just no personality in any of the rest of the show. And then you have Matt Riddle out there being like, "How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish?" Trying to get that started as a chant, and just being the most charming doofus you could possibly have. It's like, oh, this show finally has a bit of personality. Shocking that it's the one guy that's like not getting written for. Yeah, it's it's the one guy that like let's just let Matt Riddle be Matt Riddle, and Matt Riddle being Matt Riddle is better than everybody else in the show. Like maybe Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kyle O'Reilly generally shows some personality. Yeah, but he only gets to talk like once every five weeks. <laughs> Which, in fairness, this was one of those weeks. 
I mean, yeah, but <laughs> like it was it was driven home particularly when I was watching Killian Dane against Dominic Dijakovic. It's like there's just it's just so dry. These two people are so dry. And when Matt Riddle is out there being like full of personality, and it's fun with him in the straight man thing with uh, with Pete Dunne, and the browser weights, and and Kyle O'Reilly just being an utter doofus, and <laughs> it's like, oh, the, this there's person there can be personality on this show. Yeah, it's it's hidden under many layers and layers of boring. I want to fight, but it's, it's there. Yeah, there's just something. There's way too many mean people being mean and gruff and angry, and not enough people coming out in custom golf carts with just a giant ass trophy in the middle. <laughs> they should keep doing it and have them come out on the Bruiser Mo- Bruiser Weightmobile, was it? What was what was it? The Brosermobile, I think. Brosermobile, yeah. They need to come out on that every week, and they need to make it like customize it <laughs> so mm. it has like lights under it. Well, it had pyro. It had pyro this week, which is pretty good. That is pretty solid. They need to bring it out to Portland. At NXT TakeOver Portland. Next week. So this is the, the penultimate show before that uh, that takeover. Portland. What what do you, what, what's with you in Portland? It's just Portland. It's, the, it's, it's along the same lines of Mel. It's just Portland. <laughs> it's the Mel of cities. <laughs> yeah, it's the Mel of cities. Uh, Riddle knows a thing or two about super... Pause for effect. Bowls, and he's a man uh, made a uh, man made cloud nine. <laughs> I actually laughed at man made cloud nine. Mm. Do you get it? Do you understand it? He smokes marijuana. Clouds, and that creates clouds. It's a reference to the WWE co-owned esports team Cloud Nine. Do they own an esports team? They have a partial stake in Cloud9. Well, do they play League of Legends by chance? They do. Mm. <laughs> That's the synergy mm. we don't need. We'll talk about that later. Grand synergy, baby. Uh, Angel Garza defeated Isaiah Scott in a really enjoyable cruiserweight match. While I was watching this match, I said to myself that Angel Garza might be my favorite wrestler in WWE. And the thing, like, Angel Garza was never this good anywhere else. No. To be fair, I, I, I don't think I saw much of him outside of NXT, but I, I, don't, I assume that this is where he's found himself the best. Yeah, because he was never bad, but he was never like, oh, this is a guy you, you'd hang a division on, and this is a guy you'd hang a division on. I, like, I, I, I sent a tweet a couple of days ago, like, all the Lucha stuff is just the best part of WWE now. Yes. <laughs> like, when did, when did you ever expect that to happen? They should like they should go all in. Just add Kalisto, add Metallic, add Lindsay Dorado, and just like make the U.S. title. Ironically, entirely a lucha division. Is this just is this just all preparation for NXT Mexico? Oh God, it probably is. They have enough and people at send, this stage. They'll, yeah, they just send Gaza, Humberto, Andrade after he's done serving his sentence of being around Ric Flair. <laughs> but like, I was really bummed out that Zelina Vega didn't come out with Angel Gaza. I, uh, there should have been we talk about synergy that is a lack Brand of synergy syn- I literally said to myself brand synergy while it was happening <laughs> especially because this was a, a like a brand synergy heavy show because obviously they referenced what happened on Raw and we shared it later so it's not like they're they're averse to brand synergy but yeah if you're going to establish that he's working as, under Selena Vega's management yeah have her come out on NXT yeah why can't she like, she can be multiple brands like, this is what it should be she isn't like restricted to one brand she can go to any brand and she just has like this whole stable of different luchadors on each show 
That's how you could get like the Lucha House Party out of their rut. And just like the J Lo and Shakira halftime show, this promises to be in fuego. Yeah, he uses in fuego a lot. He does love in fuego, and I don't get it. Mm. But yeah, I really, really liked this match because I really, really like Angel Gaza. Yeah, this was a good wrestling match. Much better than the other Cruiserweight match on this show. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of pants play in this one, so... More matches should be built around pants. I think every match should be built around pants, to be fair. That's true. Let yeah, me get a Gaza promo. I didn't expect yeah. that. This seemed, I feel like this is why Zelina should have been here. Exactly, especially because this promo was, uh, at least the first half of it, is specifically related to him taking out Humberto Carrera and Rey Mysterio before pivoting to Jordan Devlin. So is, is he... Uh, I... I uh, hmm... Is he basically going to be kind of splitting the difference and playing two different characters, doing like the feud with Jordan Devlin on NXT and WWE main roster just ignore that see, while he does whatever they want on WWE main roster? I see. I thought about this because I was like, he's still a heel because he was a heel in this match, mm-hmm. and he's a and Devlin's a heel as we obviously saw later on. So mm-hmm. I just think they're going to chuck a third person in there. Though Angel Garza flip-flops between babyface and heel at literally any given moment, so there's no possible way of knowing where depends. he could be in a match against... He's <laughs> very much an undisputed era type scenario where it's like, if you like him, you like him. I suppose. Speaking of undisputed era, they're on the search for Tommaso Ciampa beating up people and shaving somebody's <laughs> this head. This is stupid. Can we just <laughs> go through this whole thing at once? Uh, yeah. Well, the worst like... part of it was them throwing Kushida in the bin. Literally. <laughs> like, literally. Just... They literally threw Kushida in the bin. And poor Jonah Rock didn't escape unscathed either. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, so they're going to put Kushida in the main event and make it a name attack? No. Kushida doesn't mm. get that. <laughs> See, I, I thought they were gonna, like this was all going to be them setting up like people that they piss off throughout the night, and then they were going to have a four-way at the end of the night. A 4v4. I was like, nope. <laughs> These people are just nerds being beaten up by Undisputed Era on their search for Tommaso Ciampa, who's apparently a very difficult man to find. Unless you, he wants to find you. Wow. So yeah, he shaved a nerd's head, they threw Kushida in the bin, and eventually they brawled with Ciampa. The Undisputed Era are just... They're frat boys, but they're all like in their early 30s. Yes. <laughs> so it's like a bunch of like cool dads going around beating each other up. They're not even in their early 30s. Strong is, what, 37, I want to say? Uh, yeah, you know, you're not wrong, because Fish is, like, late 30s, too. Yeah, Strong is 36, 37 this year, and Bobby Fish is, like, 45 at this stage, so... So, literally just, like, late 30s frat boys, is the... Oh, God, Bobby Fish is 43. I said 45 exaggerating. <laughs> He's literally 43. <laughs> Please stop these old dads. These dads pretending to be okay, boomers. They're, this, this is the boomer stable, really. Undisputed Era is a boomer stable, and they're <laughs> meant to be like the up and coming guys. Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. This is like I remember you in the Voices of Wrestling Slack mentioned like Alistair Black is meant to be like this cool, hip, up and coming star, and he's like 34. Yeah, they're all 30. Like, like Ali is the next coming as he's 33. Shawn Michaels was world champion like six times by then. Yeah, it's, well, the problem is they, they have no, like, they have a filtering in system, but they have no filtering out. Yeah, so they're like AJ Styles and Miz and Cesaro and Sheamus and Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode and all these people who are 39. Like, I was having, we were having a conversation about who should have attacked uh, Edge instead of Randy Orton because you want a young guy there. But then the question is, who and like someone suggested Finn Balor. Ricochet. 
Yeah, Ricochet. Well, Ricochet's a baby face, so we'd have to turn. I was gonna say, like Finn Balor's like thirty-seven. Yeah, Finn Balor is only two years younger than Randy Orton. Randy's thirty-nine. This is—it's ridiculous, man. Like, they're, all, they're so old. There's no sustainability here. Like half of these people that we're talking about would be gone in any other era. Keith Lee is a year older than Roman Reigns. It's like, what are we doing with this company? It's it's going to be an interesting watch to see how this company implodes in the next decade. Mm. Like, I don't think they're, they're never going to go like bankrupt, right? Like they're too big to fail. They've got like Disney sy- syndrome, but like there's going to be such an internal disruption that I it's going to be very interesting to watch them break down. Yeah, it's a slow and steady downhill climb. Mm. Which led by the fact that literally everyone in that company is it's just old. Yeah, and it's like the only thing that we can see, like, gotta say too, is like AEW has to like resist the urge to pick up these people once they eventually do leave, because like they'll just be the company that has all the forty-year-olds. Yeah. And like, well, Kenny's not that young, and the Bucks are in there. Or like, uh, the thing is, they the, all the, the like main eventers are like roughly the age main eventers should be, like early to mid thirties. Mm. Whereas WWE, their entire roster is early to mid thirties, pushing toward late thirties at this stage. And it's just mm. like everybody up and down. When you look at Kofi and, uh, and Big E is in his mid thirties, and he, like Big E is the future, but Big E's in his mid thirties already. For me, like, the biggest one was always Bella. It's like, Bella, this next guy, this next guy, he's going to be a top guy. And it's like, at the time, he was 36. Yeah. And Shinsuke like, Nakamura, oh, he's a big guy. Uh, even, like, even if they were pushing Shinsuke, he's 40. Like Sammy? Uh, again, yeah, Sammy and Kevin Owens, both in their mid-30s. And they're like, they're the guy. It's like, these guys should be the guys right now. But they're all in their mid-30s in this kind of mid-card muck of nothingness. And they're all yeah. just hanging, like War Machine, both in their mid-30s. <laughs> like, these are the guys who should be at the top of the card now, and your Randys, and your, I don't know, I don't want to say random names, but your Randys, your Rays and such, they should have moved on now. They should mm. be in the twilight. <laughs> and it's funny, because if you look back at, like, WCW, and when Hogan and Piper were, like, I don't know, 43, and people were like, they're dinosaurs. These guys shouldn't be in the main event anymore. What's not happening even, Not here? even just people. WWE say that. Yes. They specifically called them out as being ancient old fogies who should not possibly be wrestling anymore. And now just look at the roster. The old Vince that put Macho behind a goddamn commentary desk wouldn't stand for this. Yeah, he did. And that was like, Macho still had a lot left in him. And he's just like, yeah. nah, you're done. Like, imagine like that... That Vince seeing WWE today and just seeing like AJ Styles. <laughs> yeah, AJ at forty four, like or is at forty four and his and his size, <laughs> like yeah. he'd be like, "What is happening to my company?" Uh, you see, it's the bizarre problem that Vince McMahon has been saddled with a bunch of wrestlers he does not believe in. So, like when he looks at Ali, he's never going to push him the way you should push Ali because he doesn't believe in him. But like that's everything he has. When Adam Cole comes up and he looks at how short Adam Cole is, he's just going to be like, "I'm going to push you as an upper mid character." But same with Seth Rollins, I'm never going to really get behind you because I don't really believe in you because you're short. And Vince has never pushed a short person past a certain level. And th- that just breaks everything. When you have literally everybody on the roster is like that. Everybody now on the WWE roster is an indie darling that Vince probably secretly hates. And that's what he has to deal with. <laughs> like, Cole's going to have the same problem that like AJ had where his, his ceiling 
is Edge, mm. which ain't a bad ceiling, but his ceiling is Edge. Yeah, and that's the reason you get Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns all over SmackDown every week because he doesn't like anybody else. The A Show. Oh, where were we on the show? <laughs> Dominic Dijakovic versus Killian Day. Oh God, this match was so dry. Yeah. What do you think of the North American title division becoming, like, the host division? <laughs> I'd be okay with it if this match wasn't really, really boring. Yeah. The Beast of Belfast is the thing that goes bump in the night, and he wants to make it a bumpy night for Dijakovic. So commentary announces that Dijakovic has, announced, has got a shot at Keith Lee. If they do their same match at TakeOver, I'll be so mad. If they just do the same match they've done a million times on the Indies and a million times on NXT with no escalation or elevation or, like, no evolution of what they're doing and nothing, like, building on those old matches or evolving those old matches or raising the stakes or an urgency of those old matches, I'll be so mad, Liam. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excited for this. And I like Keith Lee, and I even like Dijakovic now. It took a minute, but I got there. Why don't you like this, then? Because I know what it's going to be. It's going to be them doing hurricane runners and going to the top rope and hitting a single Spanish fly off the top. And it'll be like, It'll be a Canadian destroyer in there. Yeah. I'm just sick of it, man. I'd, see, I'd rather, like, I don't know, Kushida and fucking Keith Lee. Why can't we do that? Because Kushida's in the bin. He is in the bin. Do you think he already, like, regrets his decision? Or do you think he likes America? Do you think it's like a, a Nakamura scenario where he's just like, ah, I like the country? I don't know. Like that video where he's like, I don't get to spend time with my children because I'm wrestling in NXT. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Is that your entire life now? That you just have to show up, to, you have to abandon your family to show up to Full Sail to be thrown in a bin? Remember, like, what happened to Trevor Lee? Where's Trevor Lee gone? Wasn't he feuding with Trevor Lee? Nothing matters. <laughs> It's all pointless. We're all gonna die and no one will remember a thing. They had that entire thing over the hat and then Kushida did did that three-way feud. (laughs) They never got his revenge for the hat! And it's just, they just disappeared off the show. Ugh. What's next? I want to get off this bit. Oh, we're on something I hate. uh, My least favourite part of the show, which was the sit-down interview with Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. This was so bad! It was the worst! Like, I... God, the performances here were just... I'm in your heart. I don't have a heart. I'll drive the NXT flag through the heart that you left behind. God, oh, the rehearsed canned lines and the phoniness of it all. And the delivery was awful. And, oh, God, this was just so bad. And Finn Balor's scary faces into the camera. Yeah, it's just... He said that about me. And Gargano shouting at him the whole time. It's just, it felt so phony. It was so bad, man. This match sucks. What's next? <laughs> I liked this show. So did I. But now I'm just like, these things that back to, like, I, I was I was literally thinking before I Skype called you, that like, I actually don't know which show I preferred this week. I'll have to think yeah. about it as we discussed. Because I thought both were good, not great, solid wrestling shows. And I'm like, oh, where where will I fall this week? But now, God, that Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano segment was the absolute dirt worst. The Bobby Lashley line wasn't bad, though. Yeah, there was one good line. It was the you've lost 17. But even that's just burying shitty-ass Finn Balor. It's like, you've lost 17 times. Why do you bring no, that, that up? Was a, that, that was face Finn Balor. It's different. Oh, different yeah, guys. It's, it's, it's raw Finn Balor versus NXT Finn Balor. This is the Prince. Different. 
If they wanted to commit to the character, they would have called him Prince Devitt. <sighs> Mercedes Martinez squash Casey Casey Catanzaro. I see. You know what? I actually, I actually really like this, and it's for one reason. This was a real squash on NXT. Yeah, she just beat her. We, we, beat her we ass. never get real squashes. We always get like way too long back and forth matches, <laughs> but we mm. never get like just beat him in three minutes. Boom. And yeah, speaking sure. of way too long, oh, it's shit. No, it's not that yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have the we have the big ass brawl first, where they undisputed are finally find Master Champa backstage. Then I a, hate a, this. Hmm. I hate this a lot. The entire brawl, or just the finding backstage? It's my least favorite NXT trope of let's all just go in the ring, beat each other up. Regal's gonna come out, six man main event. Because they do it like every three weeks. You got a brawl after Regal announced the six-man main event as well. Leo. Ooh, what a differential. A what bit... a unique thing you've created. I hate it. I'm so sick of this. <laughs> I feel like we get it every two weeks. What? <laughs> I was like, oh, there's a set. This show's pretty good. Yeah, I like, like the show. Uh, but now we're about to talk about Jordan Devlin and Tyler Breeze. This was, I, you know what, I, let's start it positively, all right? Okay. The first 10 seconds of this was awesome. I hated the first 10 seconds of this. What? For one very simple reason. That Jordan Devlin, for his entire career, draws comparisons to Finn Balor. <laughs> he did the drop kick. And the first <laughs> thing week he after. does on NXT... <laughs> is the exact same dropkick off the apron spot that Finn Balor did last week. I didn't even think about that. This guy, for his entire <laughs> career, has like an uphill struggle of being compared to Finn Balor. And he's on the same show as Finn Balor. And the first thing he does is the exact same thing Finn Balor does last week. And I'm like, if that's deliberate, what are you doing? If that's accidental, what are you doing? Who doesn't say, oh, Finn did that last week. Surely we shouldn't have the guy who, like, everyone will say is just a, a poor knockoff of Finn Balor until he has to earn it back. Do the exact same move. What are you doing? I didn't even put two and two together. Have I just ruined the, so the one ridiculous. thing you liked about this match? <laughs> yeah, like, jeez. Oh, is Fandango dead? Uh, maybe. Remember when Fandango beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania? I do. It was in um, his debut. Like, 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 look, look where he's gone. And like Tyler Breeze, I was the same thing during this match. It's like, remember when Tyler Breeze was an actual player on this brand in like the Neville and Sami Zayn era? I was legitimately thinking about the exact same thing while watching this match because the match was really boring. I was just like... I remember when he had long hair and was cool and was like an up-and-comer. <laughs> yeah, he was he was an actual star on this brand instead of a guy having a boring-ass man. Jordan Devlin's theme music, by the way, absolutely atrocious. Uh, it makes me think that he's a detective. He does. It's like a noir show theme. Yeah. And then I was like, didn't he, do, like, didn't he have a PowerPoint gimmick? <laughs> and I was like, wait, is, is he just a, is his gimmick that he's a detective? Is that what it is? Uh, Jordan Devlin won in a, a a match that went through two commercial breaks. When can I say, was... all right, as a man who is, are you a fan? Me, me, and you are both. You and I are both fans of puns. Yes. Devlin's side sucks. It's 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 pretty bad. Like when they it's were doing the. It's way better the, um... in theory than it is practically. 
it was when they were doing the video package for the David Starr match, the big David Starr match, and when they they made they turned devil into devil. It's like ooh, and now ooh. it's just like, all right, we get it. <laughs> Like, I remember I saw the conversation on Twitter where he was asking for a name for it and someone was like, Devil Inside. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because I was reading it. Mm. As soon as you try and say it, it's such like marbles in your mouth. It yeah. makes, it's not a comfortable thing to say. Devil and it's a dumb move. Devil Inside. It, it, yeah, especially because he can't hit it on anybody. It's like reasonably bigger than him. Also, like half the time he messes it up. That's also true. God. But like he, he, hit, he did hit a great one against Star. I will admit that. Oh, no, it wasn't even that. He didn't even hit it. Star reversed it with the sweet takeover. Mm. Yeah, Devlin yeah. side, baby. Devlin won. In 15 minutes. <laughs> Two commercial breaks. Ugh. Why did this go this long? I don't know. I, you know the thing, like, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been that bad if Breeze was treated like anything more than he was on the main roster. But he's not. He's, he's just an occasional tag guy who can win. And But now he's going 15 minutes to the Cruiserweight champ. His entire thing for the last, like, three months on NXT has been dressing up as a goof and losing as part of Breezango. And, yeah, now he's he's the guy who goes 15 minutes. And maybe, who knows, he might be winning on 205 Live, but that's not a show that actually exists anymore. I think he won once and just showed up the other time. So, hi. Let's go to a segment that I actually had good things to say about. Bianca Belair comes out first and cuts a promo with me like, hey, Rhea. How dare you challenge Charlotte while you still have a match against me next week? Then Charlotte comes out and like, I am queen. Then Rhea Ripley comes out and like doesn't say anything. But the best moment is when uh, Rhea Ripley comes out, Bianca Belair faces off at Rhea Ripley, and then Charlotte just puts her hand in her face. And Bianca Belair's indignance at that moment is so good. She saved the segment. This segment was going to be really boring, and Bianca Belair just being in the background being herself was so fucking good. As we go back to the thing I said at the start of the show, Liam, one person in this ring had personality, and that was Bianca Belair. <laughs> thing is, though, like, I don't think Charlotte is supposed to have personality. I think that's meant to be her shtick. Yeah, whereas Rhea's just kind of a robot. Well, Rhea's meant to be, like, this rebellious chick, but she's not. She's, Rhea shouldn't talk. She should just be a badass who comes in and beats the shit out of people. Yeah, she should just never utter a word. By the way, uh, were you the same coming out of this match being like, I'd prefer Charlotte against Bianca wrestling. Yeah, I was one hundred. I was one hundred percent like about that too. And like, they did a good job of building Bianca in the Rumble for this too. Because mm. like, yeah. you know, they that was a that Rumble was a tale of two stories. It was first half Bianca, second half Charlotte. Yeah, Bianca was far, far, far and away the star of the segment. Garrett, if you were to put a percentage on it, what percentage do you think of a chance is there that Bianca will face Charlotte at WrestleMania? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> but she should though she should like as I said the, the the match I came out of this segment wanting to see was Charlotte against Bianca Belair and like Rhea's gonna beat Bianca on, uh, next Saturday Saturday week and then that it's gonna be Charlotte and Rhea and like Charlotte and Rhea's probably like on paper the bigger match but Bianca's far more interesting than Rhea is I also I, when Charlotte like palmed her off the second time I was like, Bianca needs to hit her or she loses credibility. And then she did, and I was like, boom, this is a great segment. Yeah. So, yeah, get out of here, Rhea. You're, we're done. If Charlotte had just walked off and been like, her, I am Charlotte, blah, 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 I would have been like, this sucked. But because Bianca's like, no, nah, I'm not going to take it twice. Yeah. Bianca. Mm. Bianca. Push Bianca. Do something with Bianca. I think she's like, she's just ready to be main roster. I think she's kind of stale in NXT. Yeah, if you're not going to do Bianca and Charlotte, screw Shayna, do Bianca against Becky. Yeah. Speaking of... 
Yeah, it brings us to our main event in which the Broserweights and Tommaso Ciampa defeated the Undisputed Era by disqualification after wow. Roderick Strong. Oh, it was the worst finish. I'm like, God, just just have Adam Cole pin Pete Dunne, you know? Well, Garrett, do you know that I'm going to do the bit that we planned, you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> Three, two. Oh, God, I have to... No, in? I didn't take it down on my nose. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, all right, from the top, from the top. They'll never know. This is all going to be cut out, right? Like, they'll never know. It's all right. Seamless. In. <laughs> In. <laughs> Garrett, you want to say it with me? Yeah, you're, you're, you're never going to get through this quote. Oh, sorry, I don't have it in front of me because I didn't put it in my notepad for the show. Would you like me to just say it? No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, just say it. Just, just say it. <laughs> In comes Adam Cole, an avid gamer who's also an expert in mind games. His savant-like mind for strategy has made him the leader of his League of Legends, the Undisputed Era. The word avid gamer should never be uttered <laughs> on a wrestling show. <laughs> the term gamer should never be used to de- describe someone who's cool. Do you describe yourself as a gamer? I th- I, th- I do, and then I look at myself and I go, ugh. I like I I like I don't use game as like a, a verb or an adjective like that. I don't just disc- like I play video games a lot, but I'm like, am I a gamer? Like people are like, oh, I game. It's like, no, that's. No. I don't say that, but like I do. I think sometimes I do say like, oh yeah. I think I'd more likely to say I play games. Yeah, but like the, the game. Maybe it's just because the word gamer has been so utterly corrupted <laughs> by the been, world. Because <laughs> it has been co-opted to no end. <laughs> that's not the first time Maro said that quote, Liam. Yeah, I remember, I, I didn't remember it happening, and then you reminded me, and I was like, oh wait, he has said that terrible quote before. So he thinks that's so good it bears repeating. Or do you think he's just like, no, they won't know, no one's paying attention to the quotes I say, I'll get away with saying it a second time. Or maybe he's forgotten. Maybe he is on a self-made cloud nine. <laughs> After the match, the Undisputed Era beat the heck out of Tommaso Ciampa, paint a big yellow X on his back before Velveteen Dream shows up, which, you know, he could have showed up like five minutes earlier before they beat the shit out of Ciampa. That's a real but... dick move. <laughs> well, he doesn't like Ciampa. Remember, they feuded for the title. I guess so. So He did it for like... himself, not for Ciampa. It's a little revenge. Uh, yeah, he runs off the Undisputed Era and Dream is back, but I assume that's not a takeover match, or at least takeover is six matches already, so I, I don't think there's room for a strong against Dream. There might be. Who knows? This is a new era. NXT is now a, br- a main roster brand. It can have 18 matches a show. That's true. You, they, they, these shows need to be inflated with matches. That's the way main roster WWE works. But Velveteen Dream is back, and I'm sure some people are excited. That's Dream. He looked good in this, at least. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> I don't care, bro. What do you want from me? He has Roddy's wife and kid airbrushed on his butt. <laughs> Who cares? Just it's actually his thigh, I think. How much do you think he cool. spends on that gear every year? Do you think, do you think I WWE covered the bill for that gear? Well, they don't. I'm, like, I remember always hearing that they don't cover it, but they cover it for some people. It's like if you, some people negotiate for it, is what mm. my understanding is. But um, I remember like I was watching a Rob Van Dam DVD <laughs> like <laughs> when I was in grade seven. And cool. I think Rob Van Dam, because he also gets the, the, the spray what is it called airbrushing on his stuff and he was like yeah it's like i get a ton of them and they're not very expensive and i was like oh cool so i imagine it's not that expensive to do that's my long-winded explanation about airbrushing types there you go um speaking of long-winded oh sorry i was trying to do your job 
as as I said, after this show, I'm like, you know, this show's pretty good. And after we've talked about this show, I'm like, you know, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I think I just my problem with it, well, not even my problem, just how I watch NXT is I always like the first forty minutes of it, and the rest of it, I'm like, Mrr. you just wanted to end. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, dearie, dearie me. That brings us to All the Wrestling Dynamite, which kicked off with John Moxley against Ortiz with Chris Jericho on commentary. Uh, this was, this entire opening segment was a nice, tidy bit of business. I, I, I sent you a message during that. I was like, this is a perfect TV match and opening. Mm. It told the story necessary. It put the star over as the actual star in the match. And it, it, can, it, can, yeah, and it continued the story of the larger, of the grander scheme of things. Jericho was great in this. Sammy was great in this, just like piping up every now and again. He's getting the approval of his father. Yeah, and um, Mox and Ortiz was like perfect for what it should have been. Yeah, it was a nice little uh, three-star television match in which Mox looked good. Ortiz didn't lose anything in defeat. And then the post-match where he stabs uh, Santana in the eye with the car keys is, is just but- like such a perfect uh, next step in that feud that sets up Santana having a meaningful match against John Moxley next week, while also advancing John Moxley against Chris Jericho. That's this is good pro wrestling. This is good pro wrestling. I also like like um, this is going to give us a little glimpse of like how would Santana play as like maybe a single star along the line. You know what I mean? Uh, there was there was a, a point when you asked me, "Will Santana be world champion someday?" And I, my answer was definitely. Because I, I think, I, I like Ortiz a lot, and Ortiz is much more charismatic than Santana, but Santana's the, the much better worker of the team. So, him against uh, John Moxley, with stakes, there's like there's there's a reason for that match to happen. It's an eye for an eye, Liam. These two one-eyed men will fight next week. Like, I, I like when pro wrestling is good. And um, with that, the promo that he cut later on, I was listening to it, I was like, alright, someone's been listening to the Eddie Kingston promo style. Yeah, and there's there's really not many better people to learn from. Yeah, if you're going to emulate someone, emulate Eddie fucking Kingston. Uh, Jesus, through SEU against Best Friends, they had a, a perfectly enjoyable little match. I thought the first half of the match was a little better than the second half of the match, but... I kind of got sad when they saw the graphic for this match. <laughs> yeah, SEU, <laughs> I, I never really liked SEU, and they did a reasonable job of making them interesting in that initial tag team title tournament, and even Scorpio Sky interesting in his singles feud with Chris Jericho, but... SEU as a whole, I'm just like, ugh. I'm done with them. I've, it's like, like, I've it's, never it's, been into their shtick. Their shtick is just, like, it's never, ever interesting. Any of their pro... Like, oh, the worst talents. Like, ugh. But, like, they don't even do that kind of stuff anymore. That's just more, like, catchphrase. It's like, I really... I liked what they did with SEU at the start because I felt like it was warranted. Like, mm. to that audience, they were like, oh, it's SEU. We see him in all the clips, whatever. I liked that. They've reached the top. They won the titles. We saw some glimpses of like, hey, maybe Scorpio could be some sort of an upper mid card um, sort of deal. Let's try that later on. But I'm done with them now. Let's end. I'm I'm sick of the tag team. I don't even like seeing them anymore. Like together. I'm ready for them to break up. I guess like like the reason they won here was just to give them a win before they get their tag title rematch. Oh uh, yeah, I don't it, I don't mind that at all. But it's it, just like I'm sick of the team. Yeah, it makes sense, but. Uh, like best friends should be the better push to team in this division by by a country mile. Well, considering the people Trent is, there's like a weird thing with Dunno. It's like they'll just get these sporadic big wins, and then there'll be no follow up to it. Mm. And it's like if you, it really seemed like well, you're gonna push Trent, you're gonna push Trent, and now it's like Trent and Jackie are losing to SEU. 
because like they, they have a really deep tag team division they have lots of teams but the problem is like they have one set of tag titles which means there's usually only one like real tag team program going on at once so like like you have private party and you have the hybrid two and you have jurassic express and you have best friends and you have seu and you have the dark order all these people sitting underneath the top two teams and the lucha bros to a lesser extent butcher and the blade yeah, the Butcher and the Blade. All these teams that are kind of doing nothing because like the Young Bucks against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is probably the Revolution match. They could do the Lucha Bros, but that would be kind of dumb. But that, that's probably the pay-per-view match next week, uh, which will be decided next week, sorry, with a Battle Royal. So everybody else underneath that is just kind of treading water and they all feel thoroughly like they're treading water. You know what the worst part is too? Like, as soon as that like is done and the like the Bucks, I assume, win the belts, like... All right, well, now we got to start moving on to Bucks Revival. <laughs> so all those teams, stay where you are. Yeah. At least like, get, get LAX doing something with best friends, you know? Give them a, a meaningful undercard program, not just having these matches. Yeah. So hopefully, like, what are, like, what are the Lucha Brothers going to do on their road to double or nothing, double or? Uh, break them up. Or, well, not break them up, but have them do single stuff. I mean, sure, but we I think we've been saying that the whole time at this point. We're like, are we ready? Let's do some single stuff with Leecher Brothers. But they're they're a team that you like. You never need to heat up to do anything. Like you can get Phoenix. You have a feud with Kenny Omega. Go and Phoenix is Phoenix, so it's fine. And same Pentagon. Mm-hmm. You have a world title program with John Moxley. Go. He's Pentagon. It's fine. Or if you want to just like guys, we need to throw it back together for a tag team title feud. Again, you don't need to build that up because they're the Lucha Bros. But, I think yeah. I'm just I'm somewhat worried that perhaps AEW doesn't see them in the same light that we see them. Because we've been calling, like, Penta and Phoenix as, like, these, oh, like, they're ready to be main eventers whenever you need them to be. But then they lose to Joey Janela. That's then true. they lose to Trent. It's like, maybe we're the ones who are putting them on this pedestal, and they're not actually seen in that manner. But, like, all in, one of the big matches was Kenny Omega and Pentagon. Like, these guys, when they're booking a show, they their first show, they put Pentagon in an extraordinarily featured role. So what I'm saying is, doubler or nothing, Jericho Pentagon should be the match. Uh, Non-title, because it's going to be it's going to be Mox Omega for the title, but on the undercard. Or what if you do Mox and Pentagon? I don't think that's your doubler or nothing match. Probably isn't. Because <laughs> like they like actually um, this is kind of skipping ahead, but uh, when they did the the rundowns of the announcements, mm-hmm. um, and they were showing the double or nothing stuff. I, I'm impressed with how quickly they've made Double or Nothing feel like a major event. It was the first AEW show, you know? Hmm. But, like, I see that, and I, I, re- I, as I was seeing, like, the promo for it, I realized I got the same kind of, ooh, reaction that I get when Wrestle Kingdom's coming up. Ooh. So yeah, you're kind of Vegas? I don't know what it is, but I was like, I got that instant kind of, I don't know, adrenaline rush where I was like, yeah, it's the big show. So I guess Double or, no- Double or, or Nothing feels like the marquee show for me. And hopefully we'll have a marquee main event. Do you think it's uh, Mox and Omega? I think it's Mox and Omega too. You have a problem then though, don't you? Why? Kenny probably shouldn't lose. And Mox certainly shouldn't lose in his first pay-per-view title defense. So who wins? Well, one one thing you've forgotten, sir, is between pay-per-views there's 17 months. So we can do all kinds of wacky shit in the meantime. Well, there's, there's three months. All right, then fuck it. Do Luke Harper and Kenny. So, yeah, like, like I would do, like, I think Mox should probably beat Chris Jericho. And I think Kenny should beat Mox at All Out. 
So I think you do Paige and Kenny at, at Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. And then who do you do for Mox? Pentagon? <laughs> no, it's, it's not going to be Pentagon. Stop pushing Pentagon. Uh, you, could, you could do Jericho. Code? Right now, no, I was going to say, how would Cody work? Um, it can't be Cody. Legally, is it, MJ, is it MJF? Could, oh, God. MJF main eventing a show? No. Main eventing their marquee show of the year. Yeah, I have things to say about MJF later. But, um, but yeah, like... Unless you get a big signing in the meantime, mm. is Kazman gonna come for a come for an AEW shot? Yeah, it's gonna be Marty. It's fine. <laughs> oh. You know what I think match will, might happen on that show? Weirdly, I feel like there's gonna be a Brody Lee Park match. I just don't know why, but I feel like that's gonna be the direction eventually. Or maybe they'll be in the same group. Or I don't know. I guess you could bring in Brody Lee on top to feud with Marks. I, I just say I think Brody Lee is going to slide into that uh, dark order. Unfortunately, I was, was going to say your pay per views would then be main evented by Chris Jericho against uh, Cody, two former WWE stars. Then Chris Jericho against John Moxley, two former WWE stars. Then John Moxley against uh, Luke Harper or, or Brody mm. Lee, which would be also two former WWE stars. So maybe you should start getting your all of the wrestling talent in there at some stage. Which it would be Kenny. <laughs> which it would be Kenny. But as I said, that's probably all out. And I think Paige and Kenny is probably double or nothing. To, to be fair, though, it's like it's not like this is a bad problem to have. It's just an interesting, like, how are we going to get there? Also, like... We, oh, no, gotta... no, there's a very easy answer to that question. Pac. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought about Pac, but they've already given that way a match. They've they given can, that they match have. on but TV it, it, twice. It, it was on a boat. <laughs> it's illegitimate. But they, but they also did it on TV before that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, my, my thing would be, um, there's always the chance that the Bucks main event against FTR. You, you still need a title match for John Moxley. Well, we're assuming Moxley wins. It could be... Chris Jericho could retain. If, if Jericho retains, do Jericho Pentagon. Sure. Do, do the pain maker versus Pentagon death match. Jericho That's did, what you need. Revenge, finally, for Jericho dressing up as Pentagon at all in. Yes, it's a full circle story. I'm just saying, I think there's a chance tag titles main event, and then you could do a smaller Mox defense against Pentagon or something. Or that Dar- could work. Could do Darby. I don't think Darby's right. Oh, unless you do like a crazy stip. Well, if if you're doing like a, a Bucks main event, Darby's the perfect guy then to put in an undercard title match. I just think um, with all this talk of you know we want to raise the tag division, blah 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 blah, you're gonna have to main event some pay per views with the tag belts. They're gonna have to like you have to give that perception. Mm. Like you know, like what was the, one of the big promise the Bucks gave us when the AEW was being talked about was the tag belts are gonna mean some shit. Well, America made some shit. Put your money where your mouth is. After SEU defeated Best Friends, the Dark Order attacked. I, I like this Dark Order segment. Then Orange Cassidy faced them down. Yeah, rude. Remember when we discussed the possibility of Orange Cassidy being the exalted one? Yeah, if I don't, unless this is all a big swerve. Oh man, now I just want Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy. That would be a very... Uh, realistically, Orange Cassidy is probably the perfect guy to put the Dark Order against because it guarantees them a reaction. As it got here. Because Orange Cassidy is the most, like, literally one of the most popular guys in this company. Well, that's so. what they said on commentary was, like, he, he's the highest selling merch guy at the moment. I don't know how true that is, but I believe it. They should probably start putting him in wrestling matches. I just, I don't think they know what to do. Well, you could at least have him wrestle every so often. Well, clearly, you should have his first match be a double or nothing. Double or nothing. Against John Moxley. Um, 
See, that's what I predicted was going to happen. I sent a tweet a long, long time ago that I thought he was just going to get wins in six mans, like over and over and get his like record to be like 50 and 0. And then mm-hmm. he was just going to get a title match. They should do that. Daniels made the save. Dark Order backed off. They would not attack Daniels because they continue to recruit Daniels. So Brandon Cutler was one of those guys. It was the skinny guy under the mask, right? Uh, I wasn't paying enough attention to the other people, but probably. You need that's, to that's pay attention to the goddamn Dark Order. I'm not, I'm not examining who the minions are to try and reveal their identity. The Dark Order can save you from being sick. They can. They aired a, a, a little, another paid-for Dark Order little video later in the show being like, we did can you, help you, save you, You ask your doctor about the Dark Order. Did you read the subtitles? I did. It's like, the, 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 this the has no restorative properties. <laughs> the Elite will fall. <laughs> it was just one of them. Uh, so, um, before we go into burying MJF, Mm-hmm. I, I do want to give this one MJF bit here. I liked it because we actually finally got like a little explanation of why he did his stuff. It should be in a bigger spot, but at least we got a little something. Did we though? <laughs> well, yeah. You see, it's the same thing though. He's like, Cody held me back. Cody wanted me to stay in his shadow. He wanted me to walk behind him. It's like, but what changed? Like, you like... woke up when you realized he couldn't win the big one. That, like, well, that, then say that. That's what I'm missing. That's that's the thing that I think this story yeah. is desperately missing. That actual why. Why mm. did MJF kick Cody in the nuts at... Uh, whatchamacallit? What was the name of that show? Full Gear. Full Gear. There you go. Like, why did he turn on him? Like, what was the instigating factor that made him be his friend for multiple months and then turn on him in that instant? And we don't know. He hasn't explained it. They haven't filled in that gap. So I don't know why MJF hates Cody. The annoying thing is, it's just, it's so simple. It's such a simple answer to the question. And they're just refusing to give it to us. Mm. Just say that he, I was his, I was his follower. I believed in him. And then I saw that he couldn't do it firsthand. And that caused me to turn. That's all you need. Yeah. He's a failure and I don't need to learn from a failure. Yeah. My, maybe my, Maybe they're doing some, like, meta heel shit where they're, like, him not explaining it is going to make people angry at him not explaining it, and thus will be heel heat. <laughs> I don't think that's how storytelling works. That's because you believe everything you're told. Like, I think they pulled the trigger too early on MJF, or on the turn, anyway. And not really because, like, the story wasn't ready for him to turn. I don't think MJF was ready to have the training wheels taken off yet. Yeah, I've, they could have done... They could have extended this forever. Hmm. Like, have him and Cody win the tag belts. Have Cody be the one to lose the tag belts. Which, like, which is actually probably going to be the Hangman page Kenny thing anyway. <laughs> That's true. Kenny will probably lose the tag belts. He's like, I, I don't want anybody... To, we'll, talk, we'll get to that in a second. We'll go to Dr. Britt Baker against Yuka Sakazawa. Or Sakazawa, I think was how J.R. went for it. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs> uh, but it's all a bit. Michael Jacob Friedman. Uh, and there was a period during the well when the Butcher the Blade and the Bunny were making their entrance where J.O. was like well not even I can misidentify the bunny it's like mm. <laughs> sick brag uh, Prince right, you don't know the names uh, Sakazaki won before Britt Baker Hell attacked yeah. her after the match and then gave her a curb stomp into the ropes which knocked her teeth out uh, and applied the I mean, that's a cool spot but it's like how dare you disrespect the Will Ospreay Jimmy Havoc feud in this way? That's true. And Britt Baker... Uh, oh, I feel bad ragging on Britt Baker, but she was not good in this wrestling match. Yeah. 
And she didn't even have a great promo like last week to save her in that case either. God, she took a snapmare at one stage, and she took it in a way that, like, if I'd kick somebody in the first week of wrestling school, I think, for taking that snapmare. Yeah. And she did cut a promo during the break on fight, which was not particularly good. Why did this ghost, like, this whole segment, like, with this and the post-match, felt like it went way too long. What are they setting up Brit for? To, well, like, who's going to be the big Sheeta? Like, is that going to be who comes to defense and beats Brit? Maybe because like we have Nyla Rose against Riho next week, so even if Rio retains, which I think Rio should retain. Alternatively, <laughs> is Britt Baker versus Riho the doubler or nothing match? But like they've already done it, and Rio won. And fair enough, they yeah, they turned Britt, so Britt will be like different going into that match. So there'll at least like be there, there there'll be a next step to that story at the very least. But yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have some like dental hygiene themed match. Or maybe Nyla Rose will just win the title. I wouldn't mind it, honestly. But I don't think she's ready. I mean, yeah, but I also wouldn't mind it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent to that title change. Either way, I could see positives. Mm. Yeah, this post-match thing kind of stunk. It just went too long, and no one cared, so, like... Were you upset about the theme song? A little bit. <laughs> if I'm being honest, a little bit, yes. Well, they played it when she won. Yeah, exactly. That's what annoyed me. Why did they play it when she won? Do you think they hit the wrong button? Is it the chance that they like, they went straight to commercial right after she won, so they could play it on the fight feed only? Mm. Well, like in theory, if they have like a giant playlist of theme songs that they just hit the right one, maybe <laughs> they had Yukisakazaki one, Yukisakazaki two. Yeah, so they had two Yukisakazaki ones in there, and they hit the wrong one on the entrance. Is is it could have been that? I don't know. Let's or go maybe... to something that I... Lo- oh, sorry, she's still going? <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they want to make it meaningful by only playing it when she wins. Ah, it's a real mankind scenario. Indeed. Like, I, I get why they did this with her, because, like, she's the sweetest, and, like, it's really upsetting to see someone brutally rip out her teeth. Hmm. Like, I feel like you need more than one week's build. Like, not even one week's, like, a day's build for this to work. I did enjoy when she did the, the dive. Jo was like... Ah, uh, yes, the magic girl dive. <laughs> <laughs> so different to the regular dive. Uh, the Lucha Bros, Butcher and the Blade, defeated the Elite after Hangman Page refused to tag in the Young Bucks and then got his ass beat. And this is sick. Yeah, really good, enjoyable, just great. I think it's, a, it's an Elite eight-man tag with good storytelling undertones <laughs> there. What more do you say- want? I was going to say, like, I didn't want this to just be like, oh, Elite Multiman, it was great. But it was like, Elite Multiman, it was great. And it told a fucking great story. Yeah, where Kenny and the Bucks are pals and tagging in and out and having fun. And Hangman, I, I don't, I almost, mm, I'm, I'm torn on the entrance. Because I think what they did was fine, where Hangman strolled out far and away ahead of them. But I also don't really like that Hangman came out to the being the Elite theme. Mm. Well, he I, said that, but did you not read the subtext, Garrett? That was on the screen. What where was it's the like, subtext on the screen? Um, it literally said Hangman was not happy about the choice of the music. Yeah, oh, it's the worst theme song. And like being the being the elite theme song is fine. It's not an entrance theme in pro wrestling. It just does not work. It's absolutely atrocious. I didn't mind it when they used it as like a little intro thing, and then it went into like Kenny's theme. Like in New Japan, they did that a couple times. Mm. But it's like outside of that, oh, come on, guys. I know it's your dad's music, but. 
it just it doesn't work it does like it's fine for the the, the internet show it's a fine little song for the that, that intro it doesn't work as wrestling music it's really bad as wrestling music like tony needs to just go to be like hey man i know he's your dad but uh, nah. two hundred thousand people watch being the lead every week but plenty of people see the song it's fine you don't need to put it on the television show what, what are your thoughts on the getting the custom like titan drum uh sure i don't know i like the bucks gear Buckskill was nice in this match. Getting, like, for a man who likes to change up his gear all the time, he is not changing up his gear all the time. I do like that he has his real gear, which he wore on Dark. Ah, that gear rules. It does rule. That should be the gear he wins the title with. So yeah, this was a really enjoyable match where Paige was kind of operating separate. I, 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 I also, I like the touch that Paige is perfectly fine tagging in Kenny because he's his tag team partner, but he doesn't mm. want to tag in the Bucks. See, I also like that there's a real, like, sub-story here where you think, like, it's meant to be presented as, like, oh, yeah, Hangman's this dick who doesn't want to participate. But, like, if you really read into it, like, the Bucks are the ones being the dicks in this scenario. Or the dicks are the people who you want to be the dicks. Mm. People people who like the Bucks and be like, Paige is being very standoffish to my close friends, personal friends of the Young Bucks. But you can also, as I said, the, the subtext of the story is also the Young Bucks stepped on their moment winning the tag titles and the Young Bucks stepped on their moment backstage while they were being interviewed after winning the tag titles. And the Bucks just won't leave Hangman Page alone. Yeah, the Bucks won't leave him alone. They're constantly judging him. <laughs> Hangman has gone up to them multiple times and said, hey, I'm trying to distance myself. And they, like, we know that they're the bonkers. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we know that they keep doing this to him. They keep thrusting him back into their group. Poor Paige. She just wants they're to so stand clingy. on his own two legs. I do want, don't blame like, him. I don't want them to turn Hangman Page Because I think he's, like, he, when he got tagged in, the crowd went absolutely nuts. Yeah, but that's not your story that you tell. Like, like, you, they, like, you tell the story of him trying, like, proving himself against the elite, but not, like, being, like, oh, I am bad and I hate them. Yeah, so whenever they wrestle Kenny, like, that match has to end in a hug. Like, because Kenny's probably winning. And then a mutual respect hug, you know, make up handshake. with the bucks, Handshake. Everyone's happy. But, like, I, I, I would be very displeased if they actually turned Hangman Page. I think that would be foolish. I think the problem with, like, this company is like for as long as hangman is in the company he's always going to be like elite stuff like it's in the name of the goddamn company mm. <laughs> it's all elite you know what i mean there's always going to be like that weird well, why aren't they like i don't i don't know i think it's going to be a real hurdle for him to get over uh, pet peeve with jr he's like will they be able to stay on the same page this week and the key to that uh, the, to that is hangman his name is page tomorrow it was right there. <laughs> Thanks, Mauro. Mauro would have done a real good Mauro quote, in fairness. And then we got a... I see... I haven't really liked a lot of the Park stuff with Omega, but I like this one. Mm. Where he's, he's it went on a little long, though. I was like, is he really going to put Rio through that table? It's like, no, he had someone to put Rio, Rio, Rio through the table for him. Also, whoever directed this shot did a bad job because they showed Rio at the start and then went into Park's face. Should have been on Park, panned out to reveal that Rio was there, but whatever. You should be directing the pre-tapes. I will do it. <laughs> I will sell that in a second. That sets up Kenny Omega against Park in a 30-minute Ironman match in three weeks. That's going to be cool. <laughs> three weeks? Is, is that the go-home or the week before the go-home? One, two, three. Yeah, that's the go home. So that's the go home for Revolution. That they'll have that thirty minutes. Your go home main event, I assume. Or Paige is very displeased that he's focusing on having a thirty minute Iron Man match against Pack rather than <laughs> their tag team title match against the Young Bucks at the pay per view. I, I guess I kind of assumed that this was going to be 
the pay-per-view match, but I shouldn't have. <laughs> well, yeah, I always thought it was a bump on the road to the pay-per-view match, so there you go. I was right. Well, well that's your story, though. Like, Park wears out Omega so much that Omega takes the fall against the Bucks and pisses Paige off. Mm. There you go. Storytelling. Yeah. This this view is yeah. great. <laughs> Bring us on. We know what we're doing. Any company. It doesn't need to be AW. We'll take right. a job. Nyla powerbombed Rio through a table, but the table did not break, and she just bounced off the table. It looked very unpleasant. <laughs> to be fair, whenever that happens, those bumps always look worse than just going through them. <laughs> yes, the table the table breaks the fall. Bouncing off the table onto the floor sucks. Darby Allen has a flamethrower. Oh, I had one more thing about this match. Oh. There was two separate periods where uh, Hangman Page and Nick Jackson did dives, and the commentary both times were like, oh, oh, oh they tweaked their knee, they tweaked their knee. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. see I was thinking that too I was like if you know that that's like the story they're going to tell then yeah bring it up but otherwise yeah it's like well, what, yeah, that, that's not the story why are you telling a story that they're not telling stop it it's almost like commentary is one of the biggest problems on this show it's a problem on both of these shows uh, I need Brit to come out and like bury Mara next week <laughs> should do a Mara quote that would rule Yes, Darby Allen, flamethrower, burning Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, or at least cardboard cutouts of them. And now he's going to do it. He's going to end up. There we go. Double or, or nothing, Jericho, Darby, Inferno match. Clearly, this is the setup. I, I'd be into it. Why not? Darby should do an Inferno match. Uh, All <sighs> right. Hey, hey, Garrett, did you know that Penelope Ford has blue eyes? That was so weird and uncomfortable. Isn't that nuts? She has blue eyes. JR is just like on commentary. And I just noticed Penelope Ford has blue eyes. It's like, what? JR just like had his woman crush Wednesday moment in the middle of the show. Yeah. Kip Sabian defeated Joey Janela. And uh, this, uh, this undercard is so boring. Like, and you have Brandon Cutler there. And Sean Spears there. And like Sonny Kiss isn't really doing anything. Oh, 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 oh. Say what you want about everyone else. Sean Spears on Dark last week was good. I have not watched the main event. Sean Spears should just be a nerd. He's fine when he's a nerd. He is. He is a nerd. He's a nerd on Dark now. I suppose. He's never even on Dynamite. All these people should be like nerds on Dark. But Kip Sabian should be a nerd on Dark as well. So should you show Janelle, to be honest. Where's Jimmy Havoc? <laughs> He's, they're all nerds. All this, all, the worst part of AEW is that undercard singles division. It's just, there's, there's nothing there. It's just yeah. the worst. That's why they put, like, they gave Spears a comedy tag gimmick and it's good. So, say what you want about everyone else. I would defend Spears at the moment. All the, any time any of these people are on dynamite they're always the worst part of the show <laughs> yeah especially when they get 11 minutes yeah kip sabian won can we stop with the kip sabian experiment <laughs> can we stop with all of these people like joey janela is very good in the specific environment of gcw but he's been a bit of a flop on AEW television i feel like we say this every week yeah it's just but he's, he's still on, the on show. tv and he's still not good and it's just like, that's the thing like I, out of all these people i want to believe in janela the most though yeah so, so like i'm just i'm grasping i'm like come on you can do it. i know you can pull through to the other side of this but like he had feuds with john moxley and kenny omega so it's not like he's been just been saddled with the nerds to be fair he was the third piece in a feud between john moxley and kenny omega and that's those true. things were good uh, jericho was very upset 
<laughs> I liked Jericho. I was like, how dare you try to take another man's eye out? <laughs> I liked him telling Marvest to shut his ass. Yeah. It's, Jericho's good. This stable's good. Good things again. I'm happy again after that. <laughs> Having Speaking to think of Kiff Sabian. The buck signal was also good. Yeah, they argue a page, take the beer. And then he had a bigger beer. Yes, he did have a bigger beer. He had a pinch a pitcher of beer ready for him to chug down. We're ready for news? Uh, next week, uh, the World Tag Team title rematch will be Hangman Page and Henny Omega against SCU. John Moxley will face Santana in an eye versus eye, or an eye for an eye match is what they specifically What does that mean? It. I believe it's just branding. Uh, the other Rio, man loses the, the loser loses the other eye. Yes, you, uh, the, one of these people will walk out without an eyeball. That's what they've advertised. Uh, Rio will defend the AEW Women's Championship against Nyla Rose. In two weeks, we have a tag team battle royal for the title shot at the pay-per-view. And Cody Rhodes against Wardlow. Sorry, uh, Mr. Mayhem. In a steel cage match. And then in three weeks, we have Kenny Omega against Pac in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Jesus. Which brings us to our main event segment. Which I still haven't worked out how I feel about it, so I'm going to let you go first. Cody gets whipped. I liked it. I thought it was, like, three minutes too long. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, it got the desired reaction, I feel. Everyone's like, like, like Cody, he, 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 Cody can do no wrong at this point, you know what I mean? Like, he got whipped a bunch, we all felt sorry for him, and now we want Cody to kick MJF's ass. And I think that's what they wanted. So, Yeah. I'm. It's what, it's what we wanted, what we got. I'm more. I didn't go inspecting it. But sorry, I'm going to keep talking over you every time you try to speak. I'm more or less the same. I think Cody was tremendous here in trying to make every single one of those lashes meaningful. I think he maybe he oversold some of them because, like, being slapped on the back with a belt hurts. But I don't think it would buckle you to your knees and sorry, make you. What? <laughs> How many times has this happened to you? Have you ever been hit with a belt by anybody in your life? Not on my back. Can can you at least not imagine being whipped in the back with a belt? <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it, 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 it would sting a lot, but I'm not sure you'd be like on your knees, unable to stand. You know? I think I could crumple you with a shot to your back. Challenge accepted. I, I, I can guarantee I could make you like <laughs> drop to your knees by hitting you in the back with a belt. Could you though? Yes. I still don't think you would you wouldn't be able to stand. I mean, yeah, that was cold selling. Yeah, but, but the, like the the only one of those the only one of the shots that I bought that buckled to his knees was Wardlow's. So he should have saved the buckle to the knees one for Wardlow. The other one thing that did kind of bum me out of a segment. What? <laughs> the last one kind of sucked. The last one did. Someone made the point that uh, maybe he whipped him on the dream. Which, if he did, that's a great touch that maybe, perhaps, should have been pointed out on commentary. Uh, should have whipped him yeah, in the face. It looked pretty bad. Or just whip him be the back man. again. Hey, be a man. Take it to the face. <laughs> Get Wardlow to do it again. Because Wardlow's one looked great. And MJF I had a, I had a real, like, rollercoaster for emotions, too. Because I was like, it's MJF. He's a dick. Obviously, he's just going to keep hitting him after the 10th one. And I was like, oh, he didn't do it. But then they had, like, Cody fighting back. I was like, yeah, that rules. And then he kicked him in the nuts. And I was like, all right, I got the best of everything. It was the Hannah Montana, if you will. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Yeah. Are you excited for the prequel? They're making a Hannah Montana prequel? Apparently so. Oh, no. 
Does it have? I don't know how how she became the best of both worlds. <laughs> Wasn't that already covered in the show? I'm pretty sure the show started with her just being a celebrity. All right, I didn't watch enough of it. I watched a shit ton of Hannah Montana. I will admit. Uh, I watch most Disney Channel shows. I watch like because like they're on all the time. <laughs> Did you watch Sweet Life? Yes, and Sweet Life on Deck. I've seen most episodes of both of those shows. What's your favorite, like, mid 2000s to, like, 2010s Disney show? I like Good Luck Charlie. I thought that show was charming. Good Luck Charlie was fun. Um, I was a big That's So Raven fan. Did you watch the the sequel? Uh, I haven't. I've seen, like, one episode and I was like, that's kind of cool, but that's about it. Yeah. It's like people really wanted their That's So Raven return. I did. I saw the episode. Oh, that's so Raven two spoilers, guys. Um, <laughs> the scene where her like her son admitted that she, she he could also see the future. I was really into that. Did she finally be like, "Don't intervene in the future. The future that you intervene with is the future you create," which she never worked out in the television show. How did she never work that out? She just kind of cried. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I love you," and I was like, yeah, "She loves you." Um. But what are we talking about? Raven? Um, Cody? Cody! Uh, Raven? <laughs> oh. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. Should have, Raven should be the exalted one. Um, that would actually, actually though. Yeah, like legit. That would rule. It's going to be Matt Hardy, guys. But Cody's performance was real good. He, he made me... I, said, I, I think I would have... I, I thought it would get more heat. I thought people would rally behind Cody a little more. I thought MJF, a fan did jump MJF, so maybe. <laughs> well, see, I didn't know if that was real or not. If 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 it wasn't, that's a very good touch. I actually thought it was Darby. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just saw a dude in like cut off shorts. I was like, oh, Darby jumped him. That's Defending crazy. his his close personal friend Cody. But I I did like there was like a touch where like um, fan quotation marks jumps MJF and then like they cut back to it and Wardlow's gone and the, the fan's gone and I was like oh that dude's getting the shit kicked out of him yeah that fan did not have a good time <laughs> they should have just cut to behind the curtain and Wardlow's just legitimately beating the fuck out of the fan mm. uh, I like Brandy coming out a lot because people will be like oh but she's the nightmare I, because I, that, who cares about the nightmare collective I think well, the nightmare collective is done that's done that's over I, yeah, I don't but- think we're done but her her coming out here like added weight to this segment because like she she's abandoned her nightmare collective nonsense to support her husband. Also, like it's not like she went out there and was like crying and saying stop doing it. She was she went out there and told him to get up and take the last one. Yeah, be a like, man. Like nightmare collective brandy would say that. Yeah. So regardless yeah. if like if you say like she she didn't to me it didn't even seem like she broke out of the nightmare collective like character because she went out there and she told him to stand up like a man and take the last one. Which he did. The last one sucked, as he mentioned. Yeah. It just didn't make a sound. It probably hurt the most, to be honest. Mm. And if you saw the picture of his back, it's, it, it looks unpleasant. Mm. Uh, on the whole, I thought this was a good segment. I, I, uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I've worked it out. One show <laughs> you came around on, one show you went away from. Uh, yeah, that's uh, match of the week first. Uh, hmm... I think I got like a little tie. I got to work out which one I prefer. Uh, I would probably go with the Elite Eight Man Tag. Well then, I'll go with Gaza and Scott. There you go. Well, you, you can pick the same one. You don't have nope. to. You don't have to. Okay. Nope. Nope. I'm picking Gaza and Scott. Uh, which show did you prefer, Liam, between All Elite Wrestling Dynamite and WWE NXT? 
it was much closer when I had just finished NXT. <laughs> but now it's it was dynamite. As I will always say, good art, good content holds a better to greater scrutiny. People are like, oh, you picked it apart, you nitpicked it apart. If stuff is really good, like the Hangman Page and Kenny Omega stuff, the more you dig into that, the more you get out of it, the more nuance there is. So it's really, really good. And people will be like, oh, well, you shouldn't nitpick NXT like that. It's like, if there is those nitpicks to be had, then it doesn't hold up. I'm sorry. And I'm the same. Like, when I finished these shows, I was like, I don't know which show I preferred. And then running through them, I'm like, oh, God, I very much know which show I preferred. Hmm. Uh, yeah, AW. Uh, and our fan poll agrees. 80-20 All Elite hey. Wrestling. Which, again, That's... I think is an all-time record for the difference between the two shows. Suck it. <laughs> Before we go, Liam, where can people find you on the interwebs? I don't know why you ask this. I never give the answer. And then you just tell them for me. Well, the last couple of weeks, I haven't asked you. I just went straight into plugs. I've just steamrolled right over and said you can find him at Larrick and you can find me at Garrick and you can find the podcast at WarGamesPod where you can vote in the poll every week. Uh, but where can they find you on the internet? You can find me in the Voices of Wrestling Discord in the hashtag Wednesday-WarGames sub-discord thread. Thread? I don't know what they're called. I don't they're called threads on Slack, so let's just go with it. <laughs> you can catch us in the in the places of wrestling slack. Listen, uh, the like like John listens to the show, so they can find us there. And um, there's like fifty people in the voices of wrestling slack. So hell yeah. Uh, you can listen to everything elite. Mel more. yeah, Mel yeah, Mel wasn't. On, oh yeah, I was very upset because Brandy came out to support Cody, but Mel didn't come out to support Cody. Should we take? Should we have a? Did you watch the Mel segment from Dark? I did. They beat up Austin Kong. Yeah, well, some Kong's, like, done, right? I'd imagine that's a write-off, yeah. But, like, okay, I, trust me, as much as I support any Mel push, like, you have her lose and then do that? It doesn't make much sense, no. Like, you couldn't have Mel win a squash and then beat up Kong's, like, I am the dominant one of the collective. She couldn't have just squashed Lever Bates. Just, boom, squash Lever Bates, double fingers up, Mel, yeah, get out of there. I suppose you could argue maybe she attacked Awesome Kong out of frustration for her defeat. Well, <laughs> Mel. There you go. <laughs> well, Mel. That's it. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have anything to say after you just said Mel? Uh, okay. I was trying really hard to think of a Mel pun, but I couldn't think of a new one, so. Uh, I couldn't very, Mel liver. You're getting very melodramatic. Nah, that's way better than mine. If you would like more uh, all elite wrestling coverage in your podcast feed, you can listen to Everything Elite, or you can listen to Shake Them Ropes for coverage of pretty much every wrestling television show, I think, at this wait. stage. No, sorry, keep going. Why did you say wait? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Wait, if Mel <laughs> were to work in a prominent pro wrestling venue, she would work in the Melrose Ballroom. Pods gets over. See you next week. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.